What I love most about Mi Gente is our community and how important it is to take care of our own. Hey, it's Honey and Carolina. On our podcast, Life in Spanglish, we talk about how important being there for your loved ones is. Pero también sobre lo importante que es tener a alguien dispuesto a apoyarte cuando lo necesites, como lo hace State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. You ever heard the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same? And while we love the excitement of new things, it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tudor Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com Welcome to the Custer TV episode 280 something, I think. It's me, it's Matt, you can see my face if you're watching on YouTube. And Luke is currently swanning around Centre Parks during Storm Alex, which is a good idea, obviously. So joining me, it's our, our erstwhile third part of the uh, the Custer TV trio, it's Gary. Luke, Luke just kind of gets me back like when he wants to take leave, which during a pandemic isn't going to be that often, is it? No, but yeah, I mean, he's... And... It... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, how has he managed to stay socially distant in centre parks? Well, he's there. Anytime I've been in centre parks, yeah. it's all been like, you know, a free-for-all, particularly down the rapids. There with his, you know, with his parents and his niece and his sister and brother-in-law. So it's it's nice for him to get away. You know, he has been... Hold, uh, on, hold on, hold on. Par- parents, sister, mm-hmm. brother-in-law, niece, Luke. Yeah, that is six. Yeah, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Just want to make sure, you know, the rule of six. Yeah, it's a yeah, rule of six, Boris. We're all good. See, uh, nothing to see here. Yeah. Move on. Uh, we should be really wearing masks, shouldn't we, on the live stream? Uh, but then you, I can go. We, I've, no, got, you're fine. I've got a pack by the door. You're fine. You're fine. Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So, yeah, so Gary, how are you? I'm all right. I, I've been working at home since lockdown. Mm. And I'm, I feel like now I'm kind of like used to it and like, OK, and like I've got a good routine. I mean, it's weird. It, it's still weird, like for, for everyone, but I kind of I kind of have got used to it. I think like everyone else, there are ups and downs. There are days when I'm like, yeah, this is OK and fine. And then there are days when I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I wish I could see more people. On the whole, I, I like the idea of not having to go into work and travel every day. But I do miss my colleagues. Mm. Yeah. How about you? How are you getting on? Yeah, so I, I mean, people who listen to the podcast do know I'm back in the office. So I did what, about 13 weeks of homeworking. And then, you know, mm. the restrictions got lifted a little bit. Public transport sort of went a bit better again. So I'm back in the office. And you're right, because I was getting very solemn and a bit isolated. So I'm glad yeah. that, you know, I'm interacting with colleagues again. It may well be that I've, you know, we've got to work from home again soon because there, there is the yeah. work from home if you can. I think there's a decision being made high up somewhere in the council. I'm guessing. But yeah, so uh, uh, and in terms of uh, telly, apart from what we're talking about today, what what have you been watching? Well, I think I think like everybody at the beginning, you know, I I, I binged Tiger King and you know all the shows that were all popular at the time. And then I think I got into the rut of the fact that there was only a few new shows around, wasn't there, around about sort of June, you know, because every television network was kind of holding stuff back for now. Um, So we're seeing a good bunch of new shows now. But over the summer, there was a lot of reruns. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of Netflix, a lot of Amazon Prime. I finally finished Star Trek Enterprise that I was trying to get through. So I finished all four seasons of that. That was really good. But I think on the whole, my television viewing habits have become less and less live telly, more recorded. And my tastes have changed a little bit. I think I've steered away from a lot of your kind of procedural sort of 24 episode American stuff. Mm. And stuck with more kind of I, I really enjoyed the David Tennant yeah. um, thing that he did that was only 15 minutes. 
because I think my attention span changed well, a bit. I didn't see, do you mean the um, the thing with Michael Sheen? Yeah. I can't, now, I was think it was staged? That's that, it. It's now on. It's now all on Netflix, and I've right. I've noticed a few people talking about it. But now it's on there. I I, th- I think I think yeah, my taste changed a little bit. My attention span went down, which I'm sure <laughs> a lot of people can relate to. And I, and I started to watch Battlestar Galactica. I watched the first series of Heroes on iPlayer. Yeah. Um, I stopped at the end of series one because I know how bad it gets, but series one was still good. Mm. But yeah, out, outside of what we're watching today, uh, Bake Off, um, yeah. I'm enjoying. Okay, I I, I went off it a, a, a series or so ago. I just I, I couldn't get in. It's it's one now I struggle to get into the people on the show. You know, you need right. to be rooting for someone. You know, um, did you? I, I'm guessing you watched Celebrity Master Chef over the summer. Yeah, watch Celebrity Master Chef. Yes, I think yeah, Bake 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 Off is good. I think having Matt Lucas gives it something new, and I think because they're in a bubble. There's not so much about their outside life to get to know them, so you are limited to them just baking. And, and how are you finding like the new TV that's being produced in isolation? You know, we've got Strictly in a bubble, and we've got you know I'm a celeb in in a Welsh castle. I think we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, I'm intrigued. I mean, I was never a big I'm a celeb fan, apart from the year um, Ian Lee was on it. Yeah, I suppose I will. There's, there's certainly a, certainly an intrigue factor of seeing what they do, you know, differently. I mean, I was always going to watch Strictly, if only to complain about the band again. Um, well, they might not be there this year. Well, that's right. Yeah, they might have to pipe the music in. It's a good point. Victory. <laughs> Interestingly, as well, just I think I was talking about it last week to Luke. I don't know. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not. But um, the Masked Singer is back in the states. Uh, yes. So forth fourth season and, and Luke was asking me you know have they got an audience because different thing, people have been doing different things haven't they they've got a lot of people now having like the big video screens and things like that um, yeah. but the Masked Singer it seemed to have an audience and then I watched something and it, it turns out they're using a lot of like screen captures and stuff from previous series of the crowd oh right so like a like a piped in video audience as well as a piped in audio yeah, like, well, no, just sort of re-showing screenshots yeah. from previous series. So, like, you know, the reaction shots they showed from, say, a, a, an episode from series three, when they go to show a reaction shot in this series, it's uh, it's an old reaction shot, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So people, like, dancing um, and things like that. I mean, the thing is, is about the mask, the mask singer, mm. obviously it's a lot more topical now. Everyone's yeah. wearing a mask. <laughs> I shan't but, be wearing some of the masks, like, you know, the, the rubber duck or whatever on, on... Yeah. Up till the bit where they do the reveal, the audience isn't actually that necessary. Because you've got the performance, and the performance is then rated by the judges who yeah. do all their guessing. And not till you get to the first elimination where the audience is involved in their take... Do they say something different in America, I believe? No, no, but it's better in America because they play the Who song over it, so it's less. Uh, it seems uh, a little uh. bit less sinister. <laughs> It feels a bit weird in this country. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, they, I suppose you could just. But mm. I mean, I watched. I we're, we're recording on a Saturday afternoon, and I watched. Have I got news for you last night? Mm. Which returned kind of weirdly before in lockdown with television screens, mm. and now is them in a studio with a limited audience, right. and it seemed to work quite well. But I didn't feel like it needed to be. That. I quite like. Some people were a bit a bit disparaging about the one with the television screens because the 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 gags didn't quite work over over the internet you know mm-hmm. Paul Merton's quick quips didn't work when there was like a 3 second delay yeah like the and zoom, no laughter like a zoom call type thing yeah like yeah. yeah like like a zoom call with your grandparents or something mm-hmm. you know uh, is this on um, <laughs> we use another software called teams at work and the main yeah, thing we do say, as well. can you hear me yeah can you hear me is my video on and, yeah. and it just reminds me of uh, do you remember? Did you watch Toast of London? Oh yes. And uh, the um, hello, Stephen. It's Clem Fandango. Yep. Can you hear me? Because every t- every time, every time that someone says, "Can you hear yeah. me?" I I just want to go. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Just, I mean, we we don't tend to do news much here on the program, but I just wanted to talk to you briefly of something that had come up this week that uh, it looks like BBC Three will be back on on the, yeah. on, on the channel again. 
We got any thoughts it's on gonna, that? They're the same broadcasters CBBS, I understand. So, which worked quite well because that goes off the air at seven, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because originally there was some talk of it replacing BBC Four, wasn't yeah. there? And I don't, so, I don't I'm, quite know where that came from. Me and Luke were discussing this a little bit again, I think, on the podcast. Yeah. And we weren't quite I, sure where it's come from. I mean, the thing is, BBC Three has had a reasonable presence since it shut down as a television channel. Mm. It's managed to keep an audience because of the way in which television viewing has changed. I'm surprised they've done it in lockdown, but I'm not entirely surprised it's happened overall because I think we said there was a place for BBC Three at the time. You know, it was you know there were there were a number of shows that we reviewed, we liked, that then got moved up to other channels and things like that. Mm. So. Uh, do we know if they're producing any new shows for it or if they're just going to be relying on their current sort of, you know, Famalam and whatever else they're showing? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose for, for us and me and Luke were talking about this last week that um, the, some of the biggest hits of the year or the most talked about, the most critically acclaimed things were BBC Three uh, productions. So normal people, I probably you probably didn't see that, did you? I'm guessing. No. no. <laughs> and... Um, I may destroy you as well, and again, I don't think you probably watched that, did you? <laughs> I, okay, I've Nicole. got that saved. I've got that saved. Mm. It's one of those ones that I intend to go back to at a later date. But you've got no interest in normal people. I've I, I've no interest in people normally anyway. So yeah. <laughs> Gary. I'd never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. This is the Custard TV podcast. today's uh, programs on the, on the reviews front we've got um honor uh, from itv two part of the ad uh, monday and tuesday night we have got uh, the comey methods no the comey rules sorry that's the kaminsky method i'm thinking of yeah uh, I, the, I, I, I i in my notes i called it the comet method so you know just you know at least the co- the yeah the comey the comey <laughs> rule which is a in the States, it was a two-parter. Here, it's showing um, in four parts on Sky Atlantic. The first two parts are aired uh, this Wednesday, I believe. Uh, we've got Love Life, uh, which is a HBO Max original, which is showing here on BBC One on Wednesday nights in double bills and is all on the iPlayer. And uh, something Gary requested we discuss, which is uh, the documentary Freddie Flintoff living with bulimia which was on monday night on bbc one i think we should start i think with honor so this was a a two-part crime drama i suppose is the best way to describe it police procedural uh it starred keely hawes as i believe her name was caroline good who was yes a dci her first investigation was into the disappearance of a young Kurdish girl called Bernaz Mahmoud, uh, in, and this was set in 2006, where it increasingly became apparent that she had been killed, and her death was an honour killing uh, by members of her own family. Uh, this followed Caroline and her team's attempt to bring uh, the the perpetrators, namely Bernaz's father and uncle, to justice. Uh, it was very much a procedural drama i think they they showed you the the way that the, that they uncovered the case i suppose you know you spent a lot of time with the analyst a lot of time with the translator things like that it it was a bit like manhunt i think in the way that they showed you the sort of the painstaking yeah. work that the police do to and again another sort of real life case and and then it went to the in the second half you got the the trial of the father and the uncle i mean there's there's not much to say about the plot here, but but what were your overall thoughts on this? So whenever they try and do these kind of like true life things, you, you know, you do feel a little bit a little bit disconnected because you know obviously there is a real a real tragedy that has happened. It, I mean, I thought this was incredibly fast. There was no need for a backstory. There was no need for a lot of exposition. You were straight in. It's Keely Hawes's first day, first case as a DCI. She's only got a very small team that you see. I think there's a massive operation that's going on, but really she's got, well, I think two detectives, a liaison and an analyst, I think it would be fair to say. The analyst was played very well by the girl out of Dead Pixels. Yeah, yeah um, she was in Detectorists as well. 
Oh, I haven't seen a lot Amy of that. Jones's but yeah, daughter. he was really good. And 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 the relation, the only real kind of relationship you got was the relationship between her and Keely Hawes. So it was almost like this kind of mother or older sister type relationship uh, where she was looking out for her uh, because the analyst. Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com Como un buen vecino, State Farm está allí. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of the IC. Was sleeping in the office and uh, mm. working every hour because they felt so connected yeah. emotionally to the case. There was nothing groundbreaking. But actually what it did, it did pretty well. I thought Keely Hawes was believable. Um, the rest of the cast were good. I, I I have no idea about the actual subject matter, about the honour killings. I, I actually didn't really know an awful lot about this, and I learned most of it through the show. Mm. And I would wonder how the Kurdish community would feel about this being on television. Um, I don't know how true to life. I know it's a real story, but I don't know how true to life some of the things that were said are. Um, so that would be interesting. Well, but I, I liked it, and I, yeah. I quite liked it being over two nights. I know mm. sometimes we we accuse television companies of stringing things out. I think this was quite good to put on a. Was it Monday and Tuesday? Monday and Tuesday, yeah. And I thought there were some good performances, and it was believable. Mm. Which I think I know because it's a true story. That's that's kind of what you think. Yeah, but I, and- I did. Is a believable story. Yeah, and Caroline Good was a um, advisor on this as well. I saw on, over the. Oh, what the real? Too. Yeah, yeah. Used her real name. Yeah. This felt like so. You you mentioned Manhunt, and obviously mm. that that was the one with Martin Clunes, wasn't it? And it yeah. did feel very similar. And obviously, I think that's got a very similar thing. Is that Martin Clunes was the real big name in it, like yeah. Keely Hawes was in this one, and then his character, his his. His real life counterpart was involved in the show. So I mm. wonder if there's like a, not a theme, but I wonder if ITV have kind of used that as a template now, thinking, let's go for some more real life cases. And and I suppose some cases that people might not be as familiar with. I, I think as well, I mean, I don't know if you watched this, but the Salisbury Poisonings did something very similar as well, where the, the right. focus was on um, Amory Duff's character, who was the. Uh, like the I can't remember what her her title was now, but like the diseases expert, you know, she worked very much yeah. environmental health. That's what I meant to say. Um, oh. And she and she worked very much, you know, in, on low level cases. And then suddenly there was this, you know, poisoning case that she had to be front and center of and doing the press conferences. And and her and I think her character in that was very similar here to Keely Hall's character, even though obviously both real life. Uh, people uh, but yeah no I I really I, I really enjoyed it again I think that they did a, a good balance of showing the good the, the police do obviously as well though they there was that element of it where the police had let uh, this girl down she tried to come to them several times yeah. Bernard's had um, and they let her down every time and that is realistic to this and you're saying to me you don't know a lot about um on a on a base violence there was a very good drama which i believe is still on the iplayer called murdered by my father oh yes i do remember um, that with Alaktar yeah. as the father um and that was all about on a base violence and i and that was very much drama documentary which this was to an extent and uh, you know i i was thinking were were computers really that big in 2006 and and were we still on them little yeah. nokia mobile phones and 
I, I did, yeah, I mean, I think I think they could have done, if there were any criticisms, there were two criticisms. One okay. is that, yeah, you didn't really date it very well. You could have had some 2006 references in there to kind of really put you in the right frame of mind. And I think the other thing was, I liked the fact that for a lot of the show, we saw the investigation play out in real time. But then I didn't need to see, like, the guy when he was in prison talking on the phone, I didn't need to see that to then understand why they were transcribing it. If you know what I mean? Like, mm. the audience wasn't supposed to see that bit. Well, no, I think it, I, I didn't have an issue oh. with that. I didn't have an issue with that. It sort of made sense. I, I, it sort of made sense in, the, you know, they were showing you, like, a bit of a montage of it was going yeah. from him being on the phone to this guy transcribing it. I get it, maybe they did it one too many times, but I, I think for me... That didn't. Ha- I didn't have much of an issue with that. Uh, what What did you think to Keely Horsey's performance here? Um, I mean, I do really like her as an actor, but I felt she was like putting on a bit of an accent here. Yeah, maybe I didn't really pick up too much on that. I mean, the thing is that she's done crime drama now, um, and 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 so you've seen her as a police officer or you know whatever else. But yeah, no, I, I I thought she was believable. I mean, I think. She was the only only recognisable name in the piece. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying. So I think yeah, they hinged a lot on her acting and her name ability to sell the show. Mm. And and uh, as you said, I, I really liked Alexa Davis from from Dead Pixels as Keely, the the analyst who was, you know, getting all these messages off various phone signals and and stressing herself out to the point that she was breaking down in the toilet. So you know. The importance yeah. of these little characters and, and the in, the translator who was listening, as you said, yeah, to these phone calls good. in prison, and he had that little line about all these. So he he was representing, and then there was that lady who was the community leader, uh, representing yeah. almost like positives of of the Kurdish community, and he was saying things like, you know, why do you think I left to come here because of this old-fashioned. Yeah belief in honor and actually i thought the the story with the sister as well uh, was very well done you know she had left the family home uh jumped out of of the window because she knew that could have been her fate as well and as we learned at the end she's gone into witness protection and I, yeah it was just a very strong procedural drama that had I think an emotional core to it due to the fact that this was a young girl who had been murdered by her own family um, in some outdated belief in a way. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think most people really enjoyed this by the, by looking on Twitter and if you want to catch up with it, it is on the ITV hub. So let's go on then to uh, the Comey rule. Do you, do you want to set this one up? Yeah, so this uh, follows the career of James Comey, who was um, up until about a year and a half ago was the FBI director. He was appointed under President Barack Obama and fired under President uh, Donald Trump, who at the moment is still alive, um, as, as time of recording. Um, yeah, although this is going out on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, so if you're, watch, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's move on. And he's played by um, Jeff Daniels, who is one of one of the weirdest actors in the world. This is the guy that was in, you know, um, Dumb and Dumber and yet has done some very serious stuff like the newsroom um, where and there's some criticism for me that he's playing a very similar character to the one he did in the newsroom almost in this one. Um, But I don't know James Comey myself. But what you get is. Two people sitting in a room talking about the events from 2006, I think it was 2013 onwards, sorry, when he was first appointed through the initial work around uh, the Hillary Clinton email scandal and then moving into the Russian investigation into Trump's collusion with Russia over the 2016 election. And what we got on Sky Atlantic, as we mentioned, is two one-hour episodes, which end pretty much at the November 5th, 2016 election. And and we see James Comey running the FBI, getting involved in all these investigations. You get a lot of interaction with these very senior staff and also a lot to do with the New York office. Uh, And the key sort of thing is, the key sort of big point is that for the first time ever, the FBI closed their investigation on Hillary's emails 
and made a public statement. And this had never been done before. Always their statements have been through the Justice Department or through the office of the president. But James Comey himself did a statement saying we have found nothing wrong. Then through a scandal to do with a wonderfully named politician called Anthony Weiner, uh, who <laughs> publicly showed his... There's, on, a, uh, there's a really good uh, documentary about if you've not seen oh, it. Oh, I've not seen that. Where, called, where is that? Just called, uh, I'm not sure oh. at the moment. Um, it was outside. Just called Wiener. Oh, lovely. Um, oh. Pra- perhaps I'll search that on not on my work laptop. Um, no. <laughs> good idea there, people. Uh, so basically, when he was investigated by the FBI, they found a whole load more emails to do with Hillary's email scandal. That So they had to reopen the investigation and only closed it again, I think, two days before the election, or I think the day of the election. Three days, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that takes up to... There are two more parts, which I know feature President Trump a lot more prominently, Mm. um, and he's really only showing clips and and, and in discussions in these first two parts. Yeah. You've watched up to the Sky Atlantic. Yes, I've watched... The Sky Atlantic have showed... Yeah, and I've actually watched all of it, um, so I have seen the the big talking point. I think coming out of the series as a whole is the, is Brendan Gleeson playing Donald Trump, you know, and and this is the first, I suppose, dramatic portrayal of Trump since he's been president, and I, I think There's it's been hard. A lot of I, ones. Sorry. There's been a lot of comedic ones. Yeah, but like Alec Baldwin famously, I suppose. Yeah. And I, I felt at first I was watching Brendan Gleeson with a lot of makeup, but actually, as it went on, I think he he it sort of became less of an issue, and you did feel like you were watching Donald Trump. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, I think, an interesting choice, an Irish actor. Uh, you know, I was going to say when I when I looked him up, I realised I watched an awful film with him recently, and Meryl, I think it was Meryl Streep in the UK with my mum where he he's a guy that lives in I think it's Hampstead and he lives in a shack in the middle of Hampstead and they're trying to knock his house down yes. or something. Di- is it Diane Keaton oh it's Diane Keaton thank you sorry I, 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 I knew it was a woman with white hair uh, and America <laughs> uh, but yeah and that's a truly awful film that my mum made me watch or yeah. I watched you know with her because you know um, and, and I would never have picked that actor to play no. Trump he is he is wonderful in Paddington too, though. Oh yes, you're right. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, he's the he's the convict, isn't he? Knuckles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, you're right. He's in fact you'll probably recognise Brendan Gleeson if you look yeah. him up on IMDb. Yeah, but... everyone knows Brendan Gleeson. You know, well, you know him to look at him. Even if... Mad Eye Moody in the Harry Potter films is probably his most famous role. What, what uh, did you think of Jeff Daniels? I I I I, I suppose. I, and you are a lot more au fait with American politics than I am, right? I think it's fair to say. And I think I'd heard the name James Comey before, but I haven't, unlike Trump or Obama, I haven't got any frame of reference to what he looks like or anything like that. So I felt he was—he had a sincerity, I think, to the performance. And I, I got the impression that that's what James Comey had, this sincerity. He very much wore his heart on his sleeve. He was very much about the job, about the importance of the FBI as an agency and as a force in America, a force for good and a force for doing the right thing. And that ultimately cost him his job. Um, spoilers. Well, yeah. Because, because of the, in the drama at least, seemed to spell out that because of the erratic nature of Donald Trump and, and the things he gets sort of stuck in his head about certain things that have been said. You know, we've seen Trump at press conferences and on Twitter going on about, you know, but he said this, but he said this, but he said this, repeating himself over and over again and, you know, using yeah. all this rhetoric and things. Uh, someone rational like James Comey would clash with someone as irrational uh, as Donald Trump. You know, it wasn't a um, charismatic performance, but I think that's because no. James Comey isn't a charismatic character. You know, he's very much the everyman. And I, th- I felt Jeff Daniels played that very well. I don't, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I, th- I think the same, and it was difficult for me to, because again, although I I know a lot more about James Comey and I know about the situation, I know nothing really of James Comey the person. I thought one of the interesting little bits that I didn't know is that his predecessor was Robert Mueller, who then went on to be the special prosecutor in the Russia investigation. Mm. And I don't know if he turns up in the later episodes, 
because you know he's very involved in that but he he was the previous fbi director i hadn't picked up on that the one thing that that annoyed me about this program was the fact that we needed to be talked through it Mm. by these two characters so the show starts in the present day and then cuts back and then occasionally you cut back to the present day of these two and they're kind of like reliving james comey's career i didn't feel it needed it i i I, I think a framing device is what you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't think it needed it. You've seen yeah. them. One of them yeah. is working in a field office and the other is mm. working with the Justice Department. Yeah. So you know who they are, but you don't yet know why no. they're now having talking, this conversation. Yeah. And you, you only get that in the, in the final scenes. I... Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Plus free samples and free shipping. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high quality window treatments with no showroom mockups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. I think for me, I I really, really struggled with this initially. It took me quite a while to relax into it and get the pace of it get what they were doing you know i obviously heard about the hillary email scandal and that side of it so once it got onto that and it was very much again like in honor the the procedural elements of it people sitting around the table discussing what they're going to do next discussing what their best move is going to be some interesting performances you know in this i suppose supporting cast i really like jennifer ely as as his wife um, yes. Another British actress. She was very, very good as, as I suppose, giving him a bit more of a human aspect. And as you say, him and his daughters, and his daughters very much wanting Hillary to be president. And there's that. I don't know. I think that's at the end of the second episode on Sky, yeah, where he takes his daughter then, to yeah. to vote for the first time, and you know, someone taps him on the shoulder and says, "Oh, well done for that." And and. There's a scene in the second episode where the wife and daughters all go to the the women's march, and mm. someone says F, "F James Comey" that sort of thing, and it's about his daughters. I think feeling that backlash a little bit as well because he got it in the neck, didn't he, from Hillary supporters who felt that he, you know, the timing of everything. Much, he was very scapegoat. Yeah, he was very yeah. much seen as working for Trump if you yeah. were on the Hillary side. Yeah, I think. And he is involved in this show. To be, it's one of the things that I found out is he has been very much involved as a as a consultant. So you are seeing more the balance, and you know you do get that feeling that he is more and more trying to be apolitical. He is trying mm-hmm. to be what you call partisan, where he's not, yeah. you know, he's not supporting Trump or supporting Hillary despite his outside pressures to do so. And in the end, really... You mean impartial, not... don't you? You mean impartial. Partisan yeah. is when you, you, you are sticking up for one person. I thought partisan was working across both sides. I'm going to look it up. Look That's it not up, because how... I, 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 I could be wrong. Yeah, partisan is a uh, strong supporter of a party cause or person. Oh, I do apologise then. Yes. I mean the opposite of partisan. Impar- so. Impartial is what you mean. Impartial. Because obviously there is this, this is based on real-life events 
obviously what we also get is the kind of made-up conversations. Mm. Sometimes the words that come out of their mouth can feel a little clunky. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I, I don't... I don't know if Luke has watched any of this, but I would bring up his... As, uh, it's my new catchphrase, as he says. He has got a tin ear for clunky dialogue or unbelievable yeah. dialogue. And I think he. I think a lot of it was, but what if Donald Trump does become president? That's never going to happen, that sort of thing. That was very much how mm. the, the election was framed. Yeah. Up from when he announced to mm. when he was elected, there was a lot of people who were mm. mocking the fact that he would ever get pres- ever become president. I think it was like the, but we could be working for Donald Trump in a few, you know, it was that yeah. very much foreboding and, as you say, expository dialogue in explaining everything that they were doing. I, I found that very clunky, but I think what worked here, again, the procedural elements of it, the very strong performance from Jeff Daniels. And the other thing I suppose we should say is that, as well as the actors playing these roles, you occasionally get real life yeah. tv clip cnn of, like, type, from the late yeah. show with colbert mm. you get press conferences you get real life news footage of events that happened you get i'm guessing you're going to watch the other bits of this though you are I, i'm going to watch the other bits I, I agree with the comment you made about the pacing it did mm. take me a while yeah. to get into it but i think by the end of that second episode i was ready to press next yeah, yeah. uh had this been you know on a streaming service it, it got me um yeah. so yeah I, i'm looking forward to seeing the next two episodes and so yeah, that's all. Oh, that half of that is on now TV, Skybox sets, all that, yeah. all that jazz. And the next two episodes, which were one episode in the states, are airing. Um, I would say this Wednesday. It will be tomorrow if you're listening to the podcast when it comes yeah. out. So, okay. Um, and it and, and it was all done as part of Showtime in America. So. Yes you know, one of the real big cable networks. And I believe they may, I mean, obviously because we're in an election cycle in America, they made quite a big fuss of this. And actually Um, I was just going to, I was going to mention this, the guy, I think his name is Billy Ray. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the guy who sort of, I suppose created is a bit of an odd word for. The only Billy Ray I know is Billy Ray Cyrus. No, it's not Billy Ray Cyrus. No, Uh, this gentleman has done, he, he's written quite a lot of films about, true life things so um, oh okay captain phillips i don't know if you've seen that the tom hanks film with the the somali pirates have you seen that no he's worked a lot in this field yeah shall we say. and his most yeah. recent screenplay was for richard jewell uh the clint eastwood film about the i don't know if you know this story the security card who found the bomb at the 1996 atlanta olympics and then was I know the story. I didn't yeah. realise there was a film of yeah, it. Oh gosh! Yeah, I might yeah, have watch yeah. that. Uh, but he's also done stuff like um, the latest Terminator film, and the first, and he adapted the first Hunger Games book. But everyone needs money, don't they? I suppose that he, um, in, I think, enjoys dramatising these sort of stories about how thing, you know, how even incorruptible people can be corrupted or can change depending on their circumstances. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. And as it went on, I, I, I found myself getting into it a little bit more. Um, there, there is that issue about clunky dialogue. But if you do pursue it, I think you will find it rewarding in the end. And I would urge you to at least look at some clips of Brendan Gleeson's performance because it is an interesting interpretation of a man that we you know we all know so well you know we've seen him on tv for years so now tv sky box set sky atlantic the latter two episodes this wednesday the best and the worst on the box it's the custard tv podcast let's move on to another american show i am guessing gary maybe didn't even make it through the first episode of this am i right i watched i watched two episodes of this uh, and there is a specific reason. I am in love with Anna Kendrick and have been for a long time. Okay. <laughs> uh, right, let me just set. I'm let... afraid is the only reason I am watching this show. <laughs> let me just set this up. Then this is, as Gary says, this stars Anna Kendrick. Uh, it's called Love Life. It's on BBC One on Wednesday nights after the news, or it is all on BBC iPlayer now. It stars Anna Kendrick as Darby Carter, who we first meet when she graduates from college. Uh, It's, as the title would suggest, about her love life. So each episode is primarily about a different relationship. This first one was about a a guy called 
Oogie, I think, Augie. Um, and oh, and yeah. she meets him, they have like a one night stand and then she worries that he's, she's not going to see him again and gradually they find out they have a lot in common and she takes him to her, her boss's wedding but then he um, gets a job working as a reporter on like the Obama campaign and yeah. has to leave town and go to DC which oddly was the end of the Gilmore Girls as well. I believe that's what Rory Gilmore did at the end of the Gilmore Girls. Oh, really? Go oh, on uh, uh, Obama's press bus. It, it, so was also, it was also the reason that a couple broke up in the newsroom as well, funnily enough, because one of them had to go on the road to cover a political... They're all these characters together. That's, that's, a, that's a TV show in itself. And, and then the second episode, um, which we've both seen as well, which has aired, was set about a year later and was her hooking up with her old boss... Uh, who had been divorced, you know, shortly after his wedding. The, and... the wedding that she went to in the first episode. Yeah, the wedding she went to in the first episode. It's basically how each of these relationships ends. The interesting part of this for me is the narration from Leslie Manville. Yeah! I would say it's very much a quirky rom-com, like something like a 500 Days of Summer, something like that. You know, having watched the first episode, I was like, Gary is going to struggle to make it through this, but... It was your love of Anna Kendrick. Do you want to go into that in more detail? <laughs> well, not not on this podcast. No. Uh, no, um, Keep it clean. No, I, I think I think Anna Kendrick is an extremely good actress, and I think actually any time I've seen her, it, 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 but she has a terrible choice of roles. You know, I mean, Pitch Perfect is a horrible, is a terrible film, but she's really good in it. I'm not a fan of the Moonlight, whatever it's Twilight series that she's in, or. Oh, picked yeah. perfect but whenever i've seen her on talk shows though she comes across really well and really funny and that's mm. why i've fallen in love with her um okay. it's full, it's fake love she'll never contact me they never do yeah the restraining order should have been the key well that's right yeah what is interesting about this show is that this is supposed to be well, from little reading i've done is like a reimagining of the rom-com and it's not it's got every romantic comedy trope that you could wish for there's the flashback to her childhood there's the awkward teenage years. There's the first university love. There's the falling in love with your boss. Now, I don't know how... It's 10 episodes, and I, I don't know how many more I'm going to watch, I'll be perfectly honest. It's schmaltzy, and it, it's, it, you know, it's, it, there's almost a Sex in the City-type vibe to it as well, mm. which, again, is another film my mother has made me sit down and watch, um, and I wanted to burn my retinas afterwards it's the worst type of program that i could imagine but she's in it so you kind of and i knew i was reviewing it so i made myself watch the second episode and i have to say i found the second episode better than the first um okay i found like i knew a little bit more about the characters because they mm. were sort of developed and i liked some of the awkwardness around the fact that his father died and she's a good i think she's at least 10 years younger than him and she mm. got. I think. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I couldn't quite age her because she's she, meant I, to be. I mean, uh, she's meant to be. I think about twenty four, twenty five, and he's just turned forty in that yeah. episode. I suppose the thing is that she's playing this character Darby from just graduating from college over. I think it's That's... about a fifteen year, fifteen year period, and I think. They need to pick someone like Anna Kendrick who hasn't aged in 15 years. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, that's the thing. You know, when you watch her in the first one, you're like, well, that's Anna Kendrick. She's not 20. I mean, some of this dialogue is terrible, but she's good in it. Anna Kendrick works best in roles where she plays characters who've got a little bit of an edge to them. You know, as you said, like Pitch Perfect, she is very sweet in it you know she hasn't got an agenda mm. similar to the character here i think she's better in as i say up in the air where she she was oscar nominated for that inoffensive but forgettable i would say really yeah for me this nothing to write home about but I, and again i think that the problem is that you can't get invested in any of these relationships because you know they're going to end by the well, end I mean, of the, the whole the whole show is prefaced by the fact one of those like statistics again, another trope where you will have ten relationships in your life and two of them you will be in love with. So you know that you're right. Each episode is going to be a different partner or maybe a revisit. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not going to watch anymore. Yeah, I can't. I, can't, are, I yeah. can't really recommend this. Ironically enough, I could easily see this being a prominent show on BBC Three when they, you know, because it it has got that mm. you know, sort of BBC Three vibe to it. You know, yeah, it is. Yeah. 
they are showing it on BBC One, oddly. And uh, and well, interestingly, that... it's, it's been renewed for a second season, so I wonder if it's going to be a different actor or actress, because having read like the plot synopses, you know, she finds true love in the final episode. So whether it's going yeah. to be a different... You, you couldn't maybe imagine it being... That maybe one of the other characters will get mm. a plot line, I don't know, but... Mm. Because she had friends that she lived with and obviously there were boyfriends, you know, the husbands and, and, and ex-wives and things. So there are characters in other characters in the show, mm. but it's tough to know when you're watching two episodes how much they come back. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to... Yeah. As and, I said before, I'm not going to be watching any more to find out. Yeah. And I I mean, I would I would say this is, you know, if you want to something light, something to have on in the background... Uh, then this is, this more than fits the bill. There's nothing wrong with this, but it's just it's not got anything sort of going on below the surface. Really, it's it's very sweet natured, very earnest, and uh, for something that purports to be a romantic comedy, I I didn't I have to say I didn't laugh once. Didn't find it funny. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, there's no. The only real that could say there's a bit of dark humour in the second episode around the father's yeah. death, but yeah, there's not Awkward. much. There's no laugh-out-loud moments as far as I was No, concerned. no, no. Well, if you do want to watch that, based on our glowing recommendation, then it's all <laughs> on iPlayer now or on uh, Wednesday nights I, in I, double I, bills. I suppose as well, the one thing we should say, and, and you know, I know we've said this before on the podcast, none of us are women, funnily enough, and it could be that this appeals mm. more to females, it, a, a certain type of female, I'm not going to generalise too much, it could be that this is something or that... Or a certain type of male. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, if you yeah. are into romance, this could be something for you. I think it's fair to say mm. that me and you me, you and Luke aren't that. <laughs> Speak for yourself. No, but I, I, do, I do like a good rom-com, I have to say. You know, oh, I'm... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I, I'm, I'm not... But that's more uh, on the film against... side than the TV side. Yeah. Against... Yeah, no, but I, for me, the premise of this is... Each each week she's going to find love and lose love, and it's and it's quite formulaic. And a romantic comedy needs some element of humour, which I don't feel that these episodes had, as you say, other yeah. than the awkward speech at the at the father's funeral. It was very cringy, but again, I wouldn't say that that was particularly funny. But yeah, we've got one more show uh-huh. uh, to discuss, and Gary. Um, when I when I asked him to be on the show, requested that we speak about this. So it's the uh, documentary that aired on Monday night on BBC One, star or starring uh, fronted is probably the best word to use, uh, by cricketer Andrew Freddie Flintoff about his struggles uh, with bulimia. Uh, and Gary, what was the reason you wanted to talk about this? And do you want just to set it up a little bit as well? Uh, well, the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because I work in one of the teams that was featured in the show. I was in the building when they were filming the stuff. So I work for the eating disorders team at the Maudsley Hospital where Dr. Amara Nassim, who he met firstly with someone with bulimia yeah. and then towards the end of the episode met one-on-one with. Um, and we've been talking about this show for some time because obviously we, we know, and I was actually there the day it was being filmed. I I joined that team the week after, and funnily enough, what made me sort of, you know, excited the most was when I saw him in the office when he was talking to the bulimic patient and um, Amara, was I had my interview in that office uh, when I was working, and I used that office every Friday when the current occupant wasn't in as my office on a Friday, so it was kind of weird to say, oh, that's my desk, you know, that was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> And, and but of course I haven't been there for six months, so that was also why it was special. Because Aww. well, yes, I work there, but not anymore. Freddie denies that he really has an eating disorder, which I think is the key thing that comes out of this episode. He is in denial that he has a problem. I think he recognises that he has a condition, but I think he's very much in denial. And what this show really was out there to show was that his experience is not limited to just him. He is obviously in the public eye and has been, you know, pretty much since his teenage years when he first came on the scene as a cricketer. And his weight and his appearance was a big source of newspaper chatter throughout his time playing cricket. And this this is kind of like his first opportunity where he has spoken about his struggles. So that's part of the episode. And then the other part is that he, say, visits 
the Maudsley Hospital and talks to a patient who has similar experiences to him. He visits um, a, a, a mother and uh, who lost her son to bulimia and also a, a more local uh, service. I think it was in Sheffield to where he lives up in uh, up in the north um, and someone who he met that was still in treatment a year after being diagnosed. And I think that hit him about how long this process will take. So for me, there was that sort of curiosity of, you know, I'm involved in this area of work. I'm not a clinician myself. I'm their business manager. I'm not I'm not diagnosing my, my knowledge of eating disorders is very little compared to them. But even I think I could see that he had a problem. And I think a lot of people were surprised about at the end. He, he says, well, I, I don't throw up anymore. I do all this exercise. And my main thing was, well, what happens if you, you know, break your leg or you can't get up every day and exercise on an empty stomach for four hours or whatever, or two hours or whatever, you know, and he was doing a lot of justifying. Throughout the programme, they brought up a lot of statistics about how bulimia and eating disorders are not just about the sort of popular view of young women, but actually a lot of men. I think it was six out of every 10 cases are men. And I think the show did a great job in showing that from the male perspective. But, but the part of me came away thinking he's, he's just going to keep on struggling and keeping it to himself, um, which was quite sad. What, what did you think? It wasn't overproduced like some of these documentaries are. You know, there was a lack of music, you know, emotional music. I think Freddie yeah, was, no cold inter- yeah. Yeah, was an interesting front man of this, of this documentary. And it was very much alpha males and their relationship with, as you say, like eating disorders, it being seen as a very female orientated thing and something that men shouldn't go through. And him talking about his issues with his weight and his image as, as the fat cricketer, you know, the the jokes and the and the thing, you know, he, he bought up pictures of him that he didn't like by Googling fat flint off. And it's very interesting seeing behind these sportsmen this confidence that you feel like someone like Freddie Flintoff has. Um, mm. You know, you see him on Top Gear, you see him on panel shows, and he comes across as very affable, very switched on. But then there's this other side beneath the surface, which must be very brave for him to talk about. Mm. You know, I don't think a lot of people, bar some of his teammates and his, and his wife, know, actually know what has been going on with him and how he feels about about his weight and it was an intro i mean i i can't say that it was one of the best documentaries i've seen you know it was very it was very basic basically made but it was it was emotional in parts as you say when he met the the woman who lost his son uh, to bulimia that was very emotional and his own i suppose voyage of self-discovery and learning what bulimia was you know all he knew was that he was sticking his hands down his throat and, and retching. He didn't know the more nuanced areas of what the disease was. And actually this over-exercising was part of it. You know, this, you know, you saw him on the treadmill in his garage at home just sweating. And that he's saying, like, I can't not exercise before I have anything to eat in the morning. You know, this psychological yeah. process. So it was interesting. I think the the certainly the bits with Freddie himself and him coming to terms with it and his story was more interesting than the bits with the talking heads, the bits where he went to meet other people with bulimia, which you do need for a documentary like this. But I think when it was him on his own talking, they were the more powerful moments for me. What what was interesting as well was that, you know, as someone who is, you know, a little large on the large side, seeing him look at a picture of himself and thinking he looks fat and I'm going like, good grief, mate. He was fat for a cricketer, mm. but not fat for a person. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but you know, and I, I I've experienced a fair bit uh, a fair bit of strange comments on the you know I I will occasionally get someone who feels like it's hilarious to shout fatty out in the street, mm. but I've never wanted to or stuck my fingers down my throat because of it, so I can't relate to that side of it. But I can relate to the side of it where you get catcalled or. You know, because of your you think appearance. People are talking about it, and I think it's a, it is a very common. Even if you're not, I mean, I wouldn't say I was overweight, but you know, I'm not slim. You know, I don't. I you mm. know, you I I can feel my my weight being put on, and I think it is a universal thing. But it's it's not something that you hear. You know, men say in the media it's presented as a female 
thing about worrying about your weight, worrying that you're too fat. Yeah, body image is seen as a female. Yeah, whereas men do go through it as well. And it needs people like Freddie Flintoff to talk about that side of it and how, you know, they feel, you know, I suppose the big thing people use is the dad bods now, isn't it? That's that's the phrase for... And and I I suppose in lockdown... There has been a number of conversations about, you know, because people have put weight on or had strange experiences with food because of loneliness and, and, you know, and the whole feeling of, you know, how that makes you feel. You know, there have been, you know, and also there has been a lot of there's been that push of home exercise. And, you know, particularly when the government was talking about making sure you go out for your daily walks and stuff like that. So it is it is quite topical as well as, uh, you know, uh, as well as hard hitting. And that is on the iPlayer, um, Freddie yep. Flintoff living with bulimia. Okay, so I think to end, hello ladies, it's hard drive time. Oh yeah, hard drive time. Right, let's let's uh, let's get the hard drive up. I have the second season of Blood that was on Channel Five mm. with Adrian Dunbar. Oh, the Salisbury poisoning. Poisoning, yeah. I have. Yeah. So I have that to watch. Yeah, so watch that. Watch that. You'd, be, you'd enjoy that. Uh, I destroy you, as we talked I, about. I earlier. made. I know. I may destroy. Oh, you. I may destroy you. Sorry, I may destroy you. The secret she keeps. I've got no idea where I've got that on there. Oh, the secret she keeps um, is is um like an Australian baby snatch drama with one of the Downton oh, Abbey okay. women. The Perry Mason, which I know you guys talked about on mm. a podcast recently about how you might have been, and I do think Luke was too hasty on it. Mm. Um, That's and unlike him, about, isn't it? It, well, yeah, I to know. To judge you things know, to not too watch soon. The first episode of Paragon yeah. of a good show. Gosh, uh, give it five years, he'll go back to it. Um, but I like that. That's very good. And then more recently, I've saved all of Mortimer and White House go fishing yeah. to watch in one go. Okay. Because I want to. I, I've, I, I've really enjoyed that. I watched it in you and, know, when he's on. And I suppose, as, as you say, we don't really do news, but brilliantly has been renewed for another series already. Mm. A fourth that series. Was yeah. Fourth series, yeah, that's been announced. Read that and then some on more recent, some more recent stuff. A Sky Atlantic show called The Third Day. Yeah, which TV I think, which I think we we will be discussing possibly on the next podcast. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I do what I'm told. Yeah. What percentage are there we you at? Go, uh, well, it's different on Sky. I don't know how. I've got to, I've got to go to a different menu oh, okay. to look that up. Okay. Um, oh, hold on. Thirty uh, percent used. Oh. There you go, ladies. Okay, so um, that's the podcast for this week. Luke will be back next week unless something dramatic happens at Centre Parks. Um, He gets stuck in the rapids. Maybe he'll join Trump in isolation. I don't know. Maybe not literally join Trump in isolation. Although that would be interesting. Counterintuitive a little bit, I should should say. Um, Which which one of those two is the more self-centred and... uh, Oh, no, sorry. um, and, And sends out the more tweets, Luke or Trump? about 50 50 um but yes thank you so much gary for jumping on today i i think the youtube may not have been as successful as i hoped i think it has been quite laggy. i've had comments that the sound is good but the video isn't but hey these things are an experiment so who yeah. cares so you can follow all all our accounts on twitter i am at matt's tv bites gary's at the gary show luke is at luke custard tv and we are also the podcast itself is on the twitter at, at custard tv pod please uh, like rate and and give us a review i'd really like people to tell us what they think of the show at the moment uh, a written review would be very helpful and it helps with that algorithm um on itunes you know we're everywhere we're on spotify and and um what i can't amazon music i think luke said last week or something yeah. If I can, if I could bring it up, you know, to speed on the members of the youth, uh, kill that like button. I believe is what they say okay. now. Smash it, smash that like button. Well, no, I, I've heard people say kill it more than yeah. smash it. So, yeah. um, as we're yeah. on YouTube, you can check out uh, reviews from the past on our YouTube channel. Um, it's it's almost all up to date apart from the last couple of episodes, and I have actually put on uh, some reviews from the original run that back in 2011 from. Uh, Luke and, and Tanise. Uh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I was shocked that. Yeah. That, I might that try and it's... get some of your early shows on there as well, Gary. I wouldn't. <laughs> and um, if you'd like to get in touch uh, with us, we've also got an email, which is custardtvreviews at gmail.com. Uh, we're, also, we're everywhere on Facebook as well. 
uh, Custard TV pod. Visit thecustardtv.com for all your TV news. Uh, and, uh, yeah, join us next week for reviews. I think we're going to be talking about South Park next week, um, among other things. So, and again, listen again next week. Um, Tuesdays, we're normally up on all your podcast apps. So, uh, that's it from us uh, today. Thank you if you've been watching on YouTube. Or if you've listened to the podcast, it is very much appreciated. Bye! Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Deck your home with blinds.com DIY or let us install Free design consultation Plus free samples and free shipping Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off, plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.